debt is like a runaway train. Like literally, if you take out a loan, you're chasing that kind of repayment plan plus the interest. But the thing is, there there hasn't really been that like long, let's sit down, be calm and hear all the sides of how this works conversation. I mean, maybe there's other documentaries out there, but I didn't see anyone do it as elaborate as this one. And welcome to Geek Sweat. This is Dom's Docs. This is the section where I, King Dom, talk about docs. Joining me this time around are TJ. Hello. Thanks for having me back on. Howdy, Dom. Very good to have you back. And also joining me, MKH. Howdy. We're on. Thank you, Dom. We are on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What we got on the docket today, Dom? See what you did there. <laughs> Oh man, that has been on your list <laughs> yeah. for the longest time. <laughs> so, on today's criminal docket <laughs> is Bank Job, which is the documentary from 2021 by the husband and wife team of Hilary Powell and Daniel Edelstein, set around the bank they took over in Walthamstow in northeast London and their attempts to solve the problem of toxic debt. So, what did we think about this? Let's start with TJ. What were your overall impressions of this documentary? It's a more close-to-home one for us. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, yeah, it's because the whole project seemed to evolve and emanate from Walthamstow, or the couple are working in Walthamstow, at least as artist and filmmaker, when the production happened, and they end up occupying some interesting spaces during the course of the film. But... Um, I, I've, I've been interested in documentaries in the kind of 2005 to 2010 era where they were like about social justice. And um, there was one called Taking Liberties in 2007, I think it was, when it was about um, uh, civil rights or human rights being eroded from the legal system under the tenure of uh, Tony Blair as the Prime Minister. And there was another one called... Um, Star Suckers, which was about the issue to deal with uh, mass media, uh, fake news and data protection. So to find out that there was a specific documentary about complex debt, high interest debts and um, these kind of loans, uh, payday loans that kind of never end. It was really enlightening. So Dom, in the process of making the bank job, how did... Daniel and Hillary actually go about making the money to well, cancel that's the debt? a very good question, TJ, because it's quite a complex process and um, maybe a bit confusing for people. But what they did is once they took over the bank space, they printed their own banknotes as an art project. But these banknotes didn't feature the Queen on them. They featured notable figures who were doing good things in the community a man who ran a food bank, um, the head of a youth group, the head teacher of a school that was active in the community. And these banknotes were sold at their face value. So, for example, the five Steve's note could be yours for five pounds. And then this five pounds went into their kitty. But they then used all the money they raised, which was £40,000, to buy up... Well, in fact, they used £20,000, half of the money, to buy up a million pounds worth of debt. and the 1.2 million. 1.2 million, to be precise. Thank you. 
And the film later explains why you can buy £1.2 million worth of debt for £20,000. And that's pretty shocking. That is like one of the big revelations of the film. The remainder, the other £20,000, they gave to the people who featured on their notes. So that money was donated to the good causes. So the film is split between writing off the debt, giving the money to the good causes... And it ends with the symbolic destruction of the debt in the form of a van blowing up. MKH, what did you think of the documentary overall? Um, overall, <laughs> it was a documentary. <laughs> and um, In the right section then. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I, I felt that the hearts of the, I guess, the directors slash writers of the film were in the right their, their hearts were in the right place and i get what they were trying to do with the documentary in sense of bringing light to a problem that has did escalate under new labor in fact a lot of the student debt fees are because of new labor because they're the ones who introduced university fees before that everyone was going to university for free mm. which when you think about in hindsight, it's, it's kind of weird that a new Labour government would do that. You would have thought that would have come under the Tories because mm-hmm. they sold off everything else, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from you. Like, they said, don't touch the students. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I get what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I thought one of the issues was like, um, they were concentrating, I think it's like, was it payday loans? Uh, PI, is it PIP loan? Not PIP loans. Well, personal protection loans uh, yeah, so I think there's two different types of debt that they yeah. concentrated on so one like you said is the payday loans where people who need to make ends meet yeah, borrow yeah. money legally yeah. at really exorbitant rates yeah, yeah. rates because I think there was like a was it a 6,200% um, like APR with like I think it was Oakham Finance and they literally just put it on there because they, they put it advertising- on there they advertised with that they put that on their window <laughs> yeah that's amazing, man. I mean, I think what it is, it's like, uh, they they showed that, like, uh, taking out a loan is a dangerous game, but it's really, really hard to get out of the chain mm. of owing it because Absolutely. in a way that um, the pharmaceutical uh, companies want to see sick people as perennial customers coming back for medication, it felt like banks wanted to see people with debt as perennial customers right. coming back yeah. to pay and creating off debt in different ways. Mm. And then that was the secondary type of debt was the PPE, which is the insurance that people don't need. They don't need, but yeah. they were encouraged, told, bullied to get on their loans. Sorry, I wanted to say it in a different way. PPI, because we live yeah. in the PPE world, which stands for Payment Protection Insurance. Yeah, that's, that's the one. PPI, yeah. <laughs> It's just too much PP around at the moment. <laughs> so wait, oh, I, I completely missed that. Then, like, those are the two types of debts that I thought they were focused. I thought there was some student student loan debt in there as well, or was that not? Do you know what I think the connection is? When this film had been made, which I think it originally started recording in two thousand and fifteen, yeah. they were making the film kind of inspire inspired inspire with the inspiration of the Occupy movement that was happening yeah. around the world, which was participated 
in by students who were had those kind of loan debts but there was a specific company or organization that came together to try and work out how to buy debts and sell it off in america i think it was yeah and then the one in america was concentrating a lot on medical debt because that's obviously one of the problems in america yeah yeah. and the company that um hillary and daniel found to cancel the debts optimistic foundation no that's that's their production company oh okay okay okay. um we'll get the one for their this company, this organisation that um, cancels people's debts, they buy them and they cancel them. In the UK, in the local area, most of the debts came from payday loans. Mm, yeah. Yeah, scary stuff, man. I mean, it, it felt like, I thought I was going to see like an Andrew, it's right, Andrew Broomfield style uh, film documentary, but they did a lot of interesting things. I mean, one, they did try to distinguish themselves quite early on from the... Uh, the Jason Statham film, which we're not going to mention with a similarly titled name, but they had a kind of um, a snatch, lock, stock and two barrels, lock, stock and two smoking barrels, Guy Ritchie vibe about these two kind of um, hustling uh, street level filmmakers who were trying to pull a heist off almost of getting the film made entirely. Yeah, up until now we've focused basically on the themes of the film. So I guess it's time to drill down into what the film entailed. Mm. And um, there's a lot of things to pack into that um, because um, they not only bought up a million pounds worth of debt for £20,000 and raised an additional £20,000 to give to local good causes, they also took over a bank on the high street, which they dubbed the Rebel Bank, and they printed their own money, which they sold to raise the cash. Yeah. So, I think I think the bank was originally called it they called it HSCB for a bit. I think so it was Ho Street Central Bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously a play on HSBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how many confused people went into their bank trying to open an account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, just to find two filmmakers in an exploded van. And that's the <laughs> other thing which um, we forgot to mention, or we didn't mention up till now. The film culminates in a symbolic act. I should say it's symbolic because it didn't actually cancel any debt, but it's a visual representation of what they did, mm. which is exploding a gold transit van full of debt mm. in yeah. front of Canary Wharf. Yeah. Which was also supposed to be a slight film reference to Michael Caine in the Italian job saying you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off because it was a similar type of white van originally, but they painted it in gold. Yeah, that's right. Was it a white van? It was a white van because remember they had to take it from some kind of um, farm in, I think, Suffolk or Ipswich and drive it back down to London and spray paint it, I think. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was thinking in the Italian job. That oh scene, yeah, it's a, it's a white down. van. Yeah, I think it's Benny Hill. Um, funny enough, who's got the uh, detonator, and I think he's supposed to obviously blow the bloody dolls off. But that's it. Yeah, yeah, classic scene in the annals of British film history. Mm. So they came up with this um, partly as a visual representation, partly to give the film a climax. So how did you feel the film paid off? In fact, the film kind of had three climaxes. One was posting the letters that cancelled the debt. Two was taking the suitcases full of cash to the local causes. And then there was this exploding the van right at the end. So, MKH, how did you find the film paid off visually, narratively? He's thinking that it was a multiple orgasm of of a film now that you said there was three climaxes. Mm. (laughs) Tasty. I I, um, 
I I liked the posting of the um uh the letters. I don't know why I liked it, but yeah, no, it was good to like see them posting off the debts. Like, obviously, for reasons they couldn't show who they were posting to. I liked uh, taking. Um, it, it was quite theatrical taking the suitcases to like the different courses. Causes yeah. like uh, obviously you had the food bank and you had that charity that was doing the meals for the family. I, I didn't mind the theatrical bit. There's nothing wrong with a bit of flair in a documentary. Mm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I um, the bus blowing up. Um, I think what was more exciting about it is the fact the resistance they were getting about the bus blowing up, <laughs> like all of the hurdles they had to get over. Really? Did you want more of that? Yeah, yeah like I, council I think, health and safety people telling them they can't do it. <laughs> no, I think I think that was like for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I do not. I, the thing was, I, I think the thing about the the van being blown up was more. It wasn't a danger. They were worried about the symbolism, what the symbolism of the the explosion meant in front of the buildings. That seemed to be the problem that the authorities had with it. So it wasn't so much, oh, this is a danger to anyone and you're not doing the detonation correctly. It was like, we don't want you to give off a message about explosions in front of buildings, even though it just totally missed the point that, no, we're trying to talk about eradicating debt, which is quite interesting. Yeah, like you said, like they had to have a finale that was, uh, for want of a better pun, for want of a better pun, explosive, and they got it by blowing up a van. Um, was there other ways they could have done the symbolism behind it? Probably, but I can't think of the top of my head right now what it could have been. Um, but yeah, that 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 climax wasn't as um, explosive as I needed it to be. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I think it is? I, I think maybe for me, I, I got taken with the charm that it was a husband, a wife and two kids were kind of propelling this film. The energy of that family was trying to propel the film forward. And you kind of felt like where are they going to find the time and how are they going to stay together to bring what they're trying to achieve in social justice to conclusion. So it was kind of heroic that there was a real family behind uh, this intention to remove so much debt in the local community, which obviously affects other families. So I think I was always on side with them and I suppose I can forgive them for what may have been like a damp squib or a firecracker of an explosion by comparison, you know? So, could I say, um, MKH, would you have been satisfied if it had ended with them posting the letters? Um, probably, yeah. That, because, that would have been enough for you? Yeah, because I find that... I, I get what they were trying to do with the bus explosion and things like that, or the van explosion, mm. but I never... F- and they tried to build tension mm. with it, that they, they, they were coming up with some resistance, but... I never got the sense that they weren't going to be able to blow up the bus. Okay. Yeah, so, no, that never seemed in doubt. Yeah. And in fact, when they took the suitcases of cash rounds and the community youth leader said, see you at the blowing up of the van. So that yeah. kind of let the cash yeah. out of yeah, the bag. So like, yeah, so I didn't understand. That's, that's why I was quite confused as well, yeah. that they were trying to build tension that the van might not get 
Can I ask you this question? Sorry, Tinto. It's like, do you feel that it could have had a more emotional resonance if you got to see the opening of the letters by the families who were receiving the message, your debt's been cancelled and this is no longer you being blacklisted? So for me, like, um, I, I get what you're saying about, like, your... I guess your analysis that it was a family, like... Uh, mum, dad, two kids trying to stay together while doing this type of social justice warrior. Um, but for, for me, I would have preferred as essential thread and narrative throughout it, a person that was really affected by payday mm. loans, seeing their day-to-day life mm. and how they were getting involved mm. with it. And then at the end of it, what was the result of their mm. debt being paid? I know we had some characters. So you had the guy from the... Um, Soul Project? Yeah, the Soul Project. What's the food bank as well? Yeah, and I think there was a teacher from a school as well. So yeah, you had these 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 background characters, but mm. you never really got more than the fact you knew they were just going to appear on a banknote. Yeah, like yeah. I'd wanted a a person or family... Um, who could really tell you what the day-to-day struggles and why they went and got a payday loan in the first place. Yeah. That would have really resonated with me mm. and really gave you a a a family case study yeah. of people who don't come from the same background as the filmmakers because yeah. uh, they, they all admit themselves they, they come from quite well-to-do families anyway. Sure, like, sure. The things that people are facing that, like I can't imagine like being so my back being so close to the wall that I would go into a place where the interest rates like six thousand yeah. percent, having no other options can't can't approach family or friends. Yeah, I'd have to get a payday loan. You just got like putting numbers in the account yeah. just to yeah, get, just, abo- get just above to get above zero. Back. I would have preferred to have seen yeah. that because uh, that's like a real roller coaster of, yeah. a, of a lifestyle there's more, there's more yeah. at stake there mm-hmm. like, I, I get that these guys want to do a good thing mm. um, but for, I think if you really want it to resonate with people you have to show people that it, like that it really really affects and yeah I mean I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if it's a privacy thing though do you think but, but I I Maybe, but I think there are other documentaries that have been able to get a central thread person. And it, again, it, it depends on how much pull you have as yeah. a director and who you, who you know and the, how much time you have on your hands to really do the legwork. Okay. But I think, yeah, if there was enough, uh, I guess, I don't know what how big their research team was. <laughs> like, if they, if they did enough research, I'm, I'm sure they would have been able to find someone and like we've seen it with like and I, I don't want it to, I didn't want it I'm not trying to say they should have went down the realms of uh, poverty porn like um, like Benefit Streets or anything like that a Channel 4 show yeah, yeah Channel 4 show but like as we've seen with Channel 4 they, they found ways of but then again they, they, they use some shady tactics as well but <laughs> but what I'm trying to say for me to, for it to be really had an impact and like really like make people stand up and pay attention because the danger is, is that some people look at this and say, Oh, they're just mm. like, so when they're in the bank, so when they were giving out the money, 
and yeah. you had a lot of the people on camera say we saw this in the guardian can I just be clear? When they were in the bank, it was the former co-op bank, not a real bank, which they took over as artists. Yeah. And they printed their own version of money, which I think the credit system was um, the six or seven social pillars of the community yeah. had their own denomination. And those notes were sold as art for a specific amount of money yeah. to for raise money. For the face money. value of the yeah. notes. For the face value of the so notes. you pay five pounds for five Steves, for example. Yeah. There you go. And it was to raise money for the pool of funding to pay off the debt. But yeah. yeah. But I think the danger is, is that it, it seemed like it could come across that this, this documentary was made in a bubble because yeah. the only people they had in line were people that saw it in The Guardian. That's, yeah. that's what they could... That's, how, oh, they yeah. re- that's yeah. how they referenced it. Oh, yeah, mm. I saw it in The Guardian. And then yeah. how... And again, it, it, it kind of not not on purpose shows or displays how 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 different communities get information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the people that really need to know about this scheme, yeah, don't read the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just some things that I I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say something about um, the Geek Sweat history relating to this because. Uh, in our travels and our journey of getting this podcast to where it is and hopefully where it can go in the future, one of our locations or venues was the Co-op Bank. Uh, at the time, it had been taken over by Bank Job Productions, I think. So we were kind of sitting in um, in the, the art space, as it were, with the Exploded Gallery. And we saw a lot of the notes kind of lying around. Uh, didn't take any of them, of course. But um, I always got the impression that it was, oh, we picked five individuals from families who were going to going through financially difficult hard times and we were trying to create a way that this currency could be recognized in the london borough of waltham forest so that they could spend money and build up a, a credit value system in their community so they could literally hand those notes over in different shops and spaces until their credit uh got cleared i didn't actually know that kind of it was just an artwork Mm. being sold and the finance was coming from let's say upper middle class people who Mm. read like the guardian lived in that bubble who never got to see any of the community that they were affecting and really everyone got the money the their debts wiped off anonymously yeah i mean to be fair the guardian does have working class readers as well yeah 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 and it's available online for free no, no, no. Yeah, no. Absolutely. I was. Just, I just. I just. I just noticed that a lot of the people in that, that line, was that was yeah. notable. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. Now I'm not saying that no working class yeah. people read the Guardian, but yeah. I think it's so easy to uh, fall into that trap that Guardian readers are only people like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't want to have that. Oh yeah. Up. I'm not. I'm not. The thing yeah. is, I'm not trying to say it was just. The Guardian readers, because um, I don't think I mentioned the Guardian, but I think it's more of a to be involved in the bank job project. You had to kind of be in the art circles, and I think there's a kind of a slightly different community, specific in the area of Waltham, Walthamstow, Waltham Forest, where the bank job took place. Where it's, I think, it's closer to the Upper Walthamstow community and the E17 Arts Trail and all that sort of stuff, rather than specifically like grassroots communities, you know. Yeah, so possibly the film could have shown some families struggling with debt. It could have had more context in that way. Maybe it was a little bit light on specific context. Mm. 
Although saying that, I did somehow still find the scene where the letters were posted strangely moving. Mm. Yeah, that, that was a nice moment. It was. Yeah. And I, you know, I always enjoy seeing somewhere where I've lived on screen. So it was nice seeing that <laughs> yeah. climactic moment take place at the square in Walthamstow. Mm-hmm. I, I, the thing I thought was moving in the documentary was actually watching um, the children coming from the school and um, seeing their teacher's face being printed on the notes and taking part in the printmaking process. I thought that was really cool. That was a nice moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And their, their genuine excitement. Yeah, because it kind of... For me, it kind of gave the impression that there's hope for a new generation to be educated about financial systems without them getting out of control when they get older, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a hard subject to tackle in some ways. So, you know, you have to give the directors credit for trying Mm. and maybe the way they alighted on wasn't the way we would have chosen but it still manages to illustrate a problem mm-hmm. and i don't think any of us realized that you could buy a million pounds of debt for twenty thousand pounds before we saw this yeah um no i didn't but it kind of makes sense now why uh why debt companies do that and write off their books and sell it off and stuff like that and it kind of made sense as to why the debt bubble increase and the financial crash happened in uh, 2008 because, uh, and they did make a good point that everyone's debt should be wiped now because the banks got that back in spades when they got bailed, when they got bailed out. So why are we still paying them (laughs) to get even more profit? (laughs) So yeah, that is a fantastic point and which no one in government has seemed to, address in I mean, the slightest I mean you're talking about bubbles that's literally double bubble because yeah. it's like the existing debt has been paid off to the bank or the original creditor but it's like there's companies out there just flogging it yeah. to say we can still make money off this and get the full amount back and I always found that is a bit weird but it's like it's one of those things where I don't think people on a day to day basis actually spend time to sit down and like just hear that being said out loud which I think was good about the documentary because I think um, debt is like a runaway train. Like literally, if you take out a loan, you're chasing that kind of repayment plan plus the interest. But the thing is, there there hasn't really been that like long, let's sit down, be calm and hear all the sides of how this works conversation. I mean, maybe there's other documentaries out there, but I didn't see anyone do it as elaborate as this one. Should there be more documentaries like this, TJ? Do you know what? This documentary, I feel it took a long time to make and it explored a lot of territory because from the Occupy movement to when they got the artistic space, as it were, to when they finally released it and got to explode the van and stuff, it was a really, really long time. So I think there's a little bit of confusion in maybe like the timeline of how it happened because you could be confused it took place in a year rather than five. But I feel that you do need these kind of documentaries to tackle what's going on in society rather than looking back on it retrospectively because they were actively involved in social change rather than just looking back on a group of people who've been affected by payday loans. Yeah, absolutely. And um, moving slightly away from the political side of the documentary, MKH, did this inspire you to make your own banknotes at all? 
Um, no, because I know how hard it is to get currency recognised. Like, I couldn't even spend my Scottish pounds in London when I went to <laughs> when, <laughs> went on holiday to Scotland. Yeah, uh, brought back some of the Scottish pounds. They're like, no, get that out of here. Big mistake. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I, I realise that c- people are quite particular about the currency yeah. that they choose to trade. Uh, so yeah I, I wasn't did you tell them it's legal tender and they said piss off <laughs> so I was like okay fair enough you win this argument <laughs> yeah. the phrase legal tender only applies for the situation of trying to spend a Scottish pound <laughs> yeah, in London. exactly exactly so um, now it wasn't I, I found it quite interesting how they did make their own currency and um, how they tried to ensure it it couldn't be counterfeited by anyone else and I like the the different representations of uh, Wolf and Forest they had on the banknotes, which I thought was quite nice. Um, so I, I give that to them. That's a gold star for me. Don't know how much that's worth, but yeah, probably I've got ten one, Stevens. I'm sorry, I've got one. Qu- <laughs> I've got one question for the both of you. What do you think about that? The idea that uh, money doesn't exist until you take the loan out of the bank. Is in terms of it was just like zero ether, nothing existed. You take the loan out and you've suddenly just generated like fifteen thousand pounds out of nowhere because you've put your name to a debt. Well, that, that, that's the whole premise of Wolf of Wall Street, isn't it? Mm. When um, Matthew McConaughey is saying to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, "It doesn't exist. Mm. We're getting money that doesn't mm. exist. It's in the ether." Mm. Like so, I've, that's always been the top of mind. Like mm. we we have been not to get too meta but we have been sold a whole lie that we've been told that mm. this debt exists on this machine somewhere <laughs> and we owe someone that we can't speak to yeah this money yeah it's, it, it makes sense and like and when you read banknotes this is like what does it say this is a I promise, promise to yeah. pay the bearer yeah yeah which makes it makes yeah. no sense and that's why yeah. and that's why uh what's it called uh it's why Morpheus said you've been living in a dream world, Neo. Yeah, we all to, we all need to get red pills. Yeah. Hey, Joe, get get out of the red pills. <laughs> get them out. We're going to take some. Even Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to wake up. I think. Um, but yeah, that that that, that yeah. didn't shock me. When the thing that. is, is for me, it's like it's a strange magic trick, as it were. But you don't get educated about that at school you know I wonder it keeps the powerful people in mm. power that's the mm. whole point like the the people that it most benefits for us not to know about financial responsibility is the uh, people that go to Oxbridge mm. whether it's Oxford or Cambridge like people like Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock and <laughs> David Cameron these types of dudes it does not benefit them like I I, I, I listened to someone and they said for a country to function, you only need 10% of the population to be educated. Wow. And the rest of the... Just, who was this? Uh, it was a Carla, a rapper. Hmm. And, he, and, and he's basically just saying, it's, well, it's true. Like, like when you look at all of our prime ministers, well, most of them all went to one or two universities, hmm. which is even less than 10% of the country being educated. And when you think that blows my mind that people that come from a specific upper class... At, like that have no life experience to the majority of the country continually uh, reside in power. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah. Well, you'd have to question why that is. 
and why the populace keeps voting for that as well. I, I, I will say it, and this is why Rick and Morty does drops on gems sometimes. Uh, episode one of series five kind of tells you or gives you some kind of insight into why societies are the way they are and traditions are in place. And you're talking about the brand new. Rick yeah. Morty. Okay. okay. Where, where we have no understanding where it first started, but oh. we're, ju- we're just here now. Oh, because he was going in and out of the yeah, portal. Yeah. He never saw what happened in between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. never saw what happened. What originally started this whole journey of why that society hated yeah. Uh, uh, a multi. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now yeah. we know, we don't know as a society why we are so uh, I don't know genuflecting to the fact that we have all these imaginary numbers and the fact we had no choice of being born. We now step into a world where we have to work until <laughs> retirement age and get yeah. like is once we start to unpick that. Yeah. Do you know what I think is scary about is this idea that like generational debt. Like um, you could have families who have uh, is through perhaps no fault of their own, they're not as educated as the younger kids coming up who've had access to these documentaries and educational financial tools, who have kind of put their family in debt, and the kids are kind of growing up working out maybe how their family members got in debt, and they're they're growing up almost spending their way out and working their way out of that debt as opposed to having that clean slate. So this idea that the debt can follow you around mm. and the debt can follow the family after somebody's died, it's a really scary prospect, I think. Do you, know, do you know what's so crazy about that? So if someone can be responsible for a debt from generations ago, mm. why can someone not be responsible from the wealth that they accumulated from their ancestors being slave masters? I think there's a mic drop coming here. No, this, this is that same thing though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is is that is the wormhole that we're looking at, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Dom. Yeah. So I was just looking at some history here, the history <laughs> of <laughs> banknotes, because um, a key moment in financial history is when banknotes came in, and sure. then suddenly money didn't have its face value anymore. It became credit, basically. Sure. And that blew open the whole concept of what money was. Mm. Mm. And it opened the doors for debts and to financial bubbles on a kind of unprecedented scale, mm. which is the situation we're still living in. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I there feel- is a book about it, which I will recommend if I get the link. I feel depressed now. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought This is everything I've been aiming for. <laughs> I thought I'd be happier. <laughs> oh no, that sounded so sad. I thought I'd be happy, but I just feel vaguely miserable. I know, we've just gone down a wormhole of like existential crisis. Nothing means anything. Nothing matters. I'm going to just quickly drop some um, details about this documentary. I mean, if you want to find out more about the project, you can go to www.bankjob.com. T-U-R-E-S, so that's bankjob.pictures. And they do have a cinema release schedule throughout 2021, believe it or not, during the pandemic. So they do have screenings at the Empire, uh, Walthamstow Cinema on the 28th of May, the Genesis Cinema on the 8th of June 2021, again, and also the ICA on the 29th of July. Uh, Crouch end various dates between the 28th of May to the 2nd of July 
and other places which you can find on their film festival film screenings link on their website yes so this is the book the money maker if you're interested in how paper money became a thing mm-hmm. um there was a figure in the 17th century um whose surname was law um he was a scottish financier although that job didn't exist as such in the that time so he basically created it and um as the summary says, at a time when wealth was stored and exchanged as gold and silver coin, and there was rarely enough to fund the extravagance of kings, let alone trade, Law realised that the overriding problem was lack of available money, which lends to this concept that you can just create money out of nothing. And then suddenly you've got stuff you can trade, you can put people into debt, you can create huge bubbles of trading where the prices go up and up and up and then crash. Mm. And... That's really funny you say that because obviously back in the day, the way you would do currency exchange is through gold or coins, and obviously you can't put or someone gems. In de- I think as well, yeah, you can't put someone in debt if they don't have any of those things yeah. <laughs> in the first place. So this is the genius yeah, of this exactly. system. So some narcissist came along and said, "Okay, let me put this piece of paper. Now you owe me." Yeah. So like, we've been living with like flipping bank loans in our flipping wallets all this time yeah. it's absolutely disgusting when you think about yeah. it this is the book The Money the Maker time bombs. By every Janet cash Gleason. note is a time bomb waiting to go off <laughs> did I say that The Money Maker by Janet Gleason for okay. some historical context it's into why f- we are where we are and it's only £3.79 it's only £3.79 she needs to charge more money yeah. <laughs> no what she's going to do she's going to find people without any money put some money in their pocket exactly. and then say you, you owe me, me now and if I think, you I think that's just the first instalment <laughs> <laughs> if you don't then your great grandchildren are going to owe me money yeah <laughs> it's crazy oh guys this is all meaningless Rick was right <laughs> we yeah. need to jump to another timeline <laughs> yeah but no, I like this documentary. Thanks for uh, putting it out there and uh, getting it on the list. I think it was nice to see a little bit of home, so to speak, uh, being uh, pushed out on the big screen in a uh, positive way. And it was nice to also make sense of the artwork that we've been sitting around in some of our recordings. And it's nice to see that there's a, some hopeful solutions of how we can creatively get out of that. Absolutely. So we've changed the pace and learnt something and thoroughly depressed ourselves along the way. But there is hope. So this month's Dom's Docs was Bank Job, not The Bank Job, just Bank Job, by Dan Edelstein and Hilary Powell. It is available now and we do recommend it. So thank you for joining me on this journey, MKH. Ah, Thank you for having me. Very welcome. (laughs) And also joining me, TJ. Thank you very much. Thank you. Till next time, guys. Take care.